You're listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengel, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Navarro, and we have Andrea Jingle here with us, also known as AJ. How's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Enjoying the sunshine. Cool. Trying not to feel too bad that I'm inside all day. Yep. <laughs> we have an awesome guest today on our show. I'm pretty excited about this. Alex, you want to introduce her? Yes, uh, this is a, another Body.io coach. We have Chelsea Urinkar here with us, and we are very excited to kind of look into another side, something we haven't really explored too much, and that is the role of the woman who kind of takes on everything. You know, she's got her coaching, she's got her gym, which is uh, CrossFit 016 in Indiana. Is that right, Chelsea? It's 061, but close enough. 061. Yeah. <laughs> I even had it written down. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> well, oh. Chelsea is, is someone kind of like a super mom, takes on a lot of different roles, and we're very interested to hear about how you manage everything and sort of maintain that balance in with your family and your work and career and also your own personal goals. So if you want to just share a little bit about yourself, and then we can roll from there. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on your guys' podcast today. Um, but yeah, like you said, I kind of have a mix of everything. Uh, we own the business, the CrossFit gym, and then I'm raising our two little girls who are five and two and then just trying to pursue, you know, my own health and fitness goals, help people along with their health and fitness goals. And, um, all the while, you know, support my husband's busy travel schedule and, um, just make sure everyone's kind of taken care of. So can be a lot um, here and there, but um, I kind of just learned that like I have to stop pretending that life needs to be perfect and just kind of accept the beautiful mess that it can be at times and um, helps relieve some stress. (laughs) Yeah. When you don't have that idea that everything needs to be perfect all the time and you can just kind of roll with it when things are kind of chaotic, that totally does take the pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, when you, you know, in all of those categories, it's easy to want to be the best at all of them, like the best wife, the best mom, uh, be the best in the gym, look the best, you know, and it's, it's really kind of silly because it's, you don't really set yourself up for success if you have that mindset. And so I've pretty much, like I said, my oldest is five. And I think that the introduction of my second child, like two years ago, that's really been the mind shift change um, in the last two years. It's just like, okay, this is even, this is now more hard than it was, you know, previously. And so I got to let something up and it was just letting that idea go. Hmm. Letting that idea go. So like, give me an example of like just day to day where you feel like your whole attitude has changed from your first child to now having two, like yeah. and the pressures that you put on yourself even. Yeah, I think I just try to make life easier and simple because it's so – I always said um, one of the things that sticks out most to me is like 
you know when you have like a really good idea but you feel like stuck in it because you're not making a decision um it's like that can mm -hmm. eat at you the most rather than starting something and not liking it um a lot that was happening to me a lot like I would just feel like oh I should be um doing something this way but what if that's wrong and I would just like not be doing anything at all and then be bothered by it and instead now I just try to you know keep a good schedule I keep everything tracked on the calendar um even down to meal times you know I just try to really simplify things and um take some of the pressure off by making life easier so just having stuff prepped and ready to go organized I loved what you said actually about the um a couple episodes uh, back when you talked about having the um, little kits ready to go for like your snowboarding or mountain biking and everything's in one area. Mm -hmm. It's, it's making those types of decisions like pre-planning for the future stuff, you know, is going to happen. So you don't feel like crippled by having to make a decision and having it be the right one. You know, you've kind of um, taken care of some of the back work for you. Right. So just like anything, it takes some time to like, you know, when I was making those bins, sure, maybe it took like a day of, hey, I'm dedicating this day to getting organized. But that's the trade off I make for not being like in a total whirlwind when I want to go snowboarding or want to go biking. So a lot of that is, you know, it's a time commitment that you have to put in in the beginning, but it has a big payoff. So something something that, you know, I think a lot of our audience does know, but maybe some of them don't, is how much cooking and meal prep you actually do and, <laughs> and the diversity of people that you're cooking for because you've got your husband who is, is he a professional CrossFit athlete? Is that, yeah. would that be? Yeah, I, guess that, I guess. I don't really know that anyone gets to wear the professional CrossFit <laughs> athlete title as much. I mean, he does, he's a professional grid athlete. Yeah. Um, but he does. He did compete in the CrossFit Games this this last year and in 2011. So I guess that if you're going to be a professional, that kind of earns you that title. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, with the so. kiddos and and his like feeding for performance, and then just raising the two girls and trying to get them and their relationship with food like established from a young age, and then uh, again just like supporting my own health and fitness goals. Um, it does, it does require some upfront work, but it's work that I'm extremely passionate about. So, Okay, so maybe can you walk us through that potentially? Just like, like we just said, you have this diversity of people that you have to prep meals for. And, and how would you like tackle that in a day? How do you simplify that for yourself? Because, you know, I, I'm intrigued. You know, it's one thing to take care of two adults and then you put children in the mix and it's like a totally different story. <laughs> yeah, so typically I like to do my grocery shopping on the weekend. Um, and maybe that's like on an early Friday morning when no one's there. Um, and then when I bring everything home, it's one of my favorite things. It's a type A. A lot of type A's can probably relate to this, but I like to spray down my fridge and make it all pretty. Like I joked before that people like to organize their closets and stuff, but my closets, all my clothes are a mess. The majority of them are gym clothes, but my fridge, everything has a place and an order. And that's where I spend most of my time. Um, so I, I feel the same way. Yeah. I totally relate on that level. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so I come home and I kind of like lay everything out and the majority of the food that we buy is all in the refrigerator. I mean, there's coconut milk and, you know, some other stuff like in the, um, cabinets, but 
majority of it has to be in the freezer or the fridge. So um, I kind of, I don't meal plan, like I don't write out what we're going to have for dinner on Monday, Tuesday, or what have you. Um, I'm more or less just like when I'm shopping, I grab chicken and salmon and sausages and ground beef and, you know, kind of have a good idea in my mind when we're going to eat that. And based on that, I just come home and um, if it's chicken, I like to marinate the meat. So a lot of times I think what happens with people is they go to the grocery store, they spend a lot of money and they bring it all home and they feel good about what they have. But then time gets away from them because then that's like their stopping point. They've like prepped enough that they have it in the house, but then they hit this, you know, halt and it's now Thursday and the chicken kind of smells weird. Um, so, so I like to just marinate the meat. I open up the chicken and I put it in some sort of a marinade in a Ziploc baggie. That way, if it does go until say Wednesday, Thursday, and I haven't cooked that meat on a busy week, at least it's going to have a lot better flavor than having me toss it out. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think I just, I just kind of prep it out. So let's say I grocery shop that Friday morning and I bring it all home and Um, clean out the fridge, kind of organize it all so it's visible to me. I usually spend about another hour, hour and a half, and I'll take, if I'm not marinating the meat, I'll just take like steak, uh, fish, and chicken out to the grill, and I just grill it all up. And it could be, I mean, I don't know, six or seven pounds, six or eight pounds of meat um, that I cook up, and it's just ready. And I think you know, how we've kind of raised our girls is there's no real breakfast and there's no real lunch or dinner meals. Like we could eat sausage, like a a bratwurst for breakfast, you know, and um, we just kind of make up the meat and then it's in the fridge. So it's just ready to go for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Yep. I think that's a great idea, not having like a set, you know, a standard breakfast, lunch, and dinner and just having food available that can be eaten at any time because I think that's something I notice a lot in some of the assessments we get and clients that we work with is that they're so stuck on like well what can I have for breakfast and they're so used to having like a breakfast like food mm-hmm. when it doesn't really matter right. as long as you're hitting your macros and you're getting in what you need right. where, what does it matter what that food looks like like it doesn't need to be eggs every morning and I like that idea and that concept of just having food ready and you can eat it whenever you want and I actually really like having breakfast for dinner and steak for breakfast and whatever mix. And it's usually just like whatever's going to be the most convenient and accessible. It's so true. And like, it comes down even to like the labeling in the grocery store (laughs) on a pack of sausages where it's like, like, is it a breakfast sausage? Yeah. It says breakfast (laughs) sausage. And if you look at the ingredients on some of them, like some of them might have like maple syrup and brown sugar or something like that in it. But if it's just like a pork sausage, it's like, breakfast sausage it's a little bit smaller or whatever it's packaged a little different and then they take the exact same product and they you know just make a regular you know sausage mm-hmm. out of it for whatever and it's like we're so it's so ingrained in us and I remember that with even clients in the gym where I was like just have like fat and protein like you know sausage or steak and avocado or something for breakfast and they just mm-hmm. you know these are like people that are in their like 30s and 40s and they just like glaze over and freeze up and they're like I, I don't know if I can do that <laughs> That's not breakfast. So that's, that's really brilliant, Chelsea, just to say that like, you're not and I haven't actually heard anyone say that yet where you're raising your kids to 
not associate food types with breakfast or lunch or dinner, that it's more of a, I, I guess you'd say like a macronutrient based kind of approach as long as you're getting what you need, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was fortunate enough, like my background, I guess, with nutrition, I spent about four and a half years as a vegetarian. And then when we got into CrossFit, like for some reason, you know, the grass fed, grassroots farming idea kind of came to context. And I started, instead of reading books like Slaughterhouse and like checking out PETA's website, I was now, I was now intrigued, like to find out about like quality farming and, um, like humanly raised meats and things like that. And I just had my daughter. So my oldest is five. And um, when she was born, you know, obviously she was breastfed for as long as we could make it. And then we just started introducing solid foods. So the solid foods we gave her, like her very first food was an avocado. And then like sweet potatoes and butternut squash and just a bunch of different vegetables. And then we just started... I did try uh, pureed liver, and she wasn't having it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't blame her. Yeah, I wouldn't have it. Yeah, I wouldn't have it either. <laughs> but other than that, we just really started with real food. She never. We didn't do um, like milk ever. We never introduced that to either of the girls or um, like the breakfast cereals. You know that they advertise for kids, like the oatmeal right. and all that. So mm-hmm. we never really fell into the breakfast, lunch, and dinner typical meals. So we just kind of stuck with it. And it was, I mean, I think we escaped the birthday party needing a cupcake or anything like that until she was probably three years old when she started realizing, hey, everyone's eating a cupcake. Like, I want one of those, you know? Mm, But I think a lot of times as a parent, you think back to like your childhood memories and you start your kids on that stuff so young. You know, and you, you tell yourself that they can get away with it. Oh, they're just kids, you know. But I, I just right. look at, he- like, the health and longevity of life and the relationship the kids are going to have with food um, as they get older. And I just think they need to be educated so much more, you know. Completely agree. So, so great message. What I, I have a question about as your kids are getting older, um, like I know I was never a picky eater as a child. I would eat anything. Um, my sister, on the other hand, was a picky eater, which, you know, I always find interesting when kids are raised in the same house, but yet they have totally different preferences, preferences of food. Um, wh- like what's your take on children that are picky eaters and have you, like, have you had to deal with that and do you have any advice for parents in that scenario? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. You maybe never really yeah. thought about this too much. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, truthfully, I have been very fortunate in this scenario. Like I, I said, kind of start setting the baseline for the kiddos when they were super young by just, it never, when I say we didn't like have cereal in the house, like, or we didn't have introduced pancakes in the morning um, ever, then it was never an obstacle I had to overcome. So I've been fortunate in that scenario, but I have had girlfriends, you know, who are like, my kid won't eat, or we sit at the table for about an hour and a half, and it's, you know, I just I just want to scream, or I just want to get up and give up and say they can go to bed hungry. Um, you know, we've had, I've had those things happen. Um, and truthfully, the advice is, I just, just, it's just patience, I guess, you know, if they, our bodies typically, like we talk about all the time, you know, as a, as a coach with our clients, like your body's going to tell you what it wants. 
and your body's going to tell you when it's hungry. And, you know, reading your child as, as a parent, you know when it's just a temper tantrum or when they just want to have the upper hand and, and kind of like not listen to you and put up a fight a little bit versus um, they legitimately don't like the way that something tastes or, or it doesn't agree with them or something like that. Um, so I, I personally, I guess my advice is just, you know, sit at the family or sit at the family dinner table, spend the time there, but not to over, not to like give them too much attention to them not eating. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times mm-hmm. parents can um, focus on just that and focus on being bothered by the fact their kid's not eating. When in reality, it's, it's not that big of a deal. They'll probably wake up the next morning and want breakfast. <laughs> so true. And to, instead of turning it into a power struggle from like, yeah. you know, the moment you sit down. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. I mean, it can be, it, kids, kids will take you to your limits in every aspect of life. It's not just mealtime. And I think it's kind of like, like I said in the beginning, embracing the beautiful mess of it and relieving the pressure of having to be perfect. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things like pick and choose your battles. Um, if you've got good food in the house, which is another thing, you know, whenever we have babysitters come over, um, anything in my house is free reign because we don't keep the, like, there's nothing here that they can't eat. Whereas we go Mm -hmm. to my grandmother's house or, you know, another family member's house. And it's like, initially my oldest is like, mom, are you leaving? See ya. Like, we want to just be here by ourselves. And I know they're going straight to a special <laughs> cupboard that has none of the stuff that we have at home. <laughs> That's so true. Kristen just wrote an article about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but when she goes yeah. to her mom's uh-huh. house. <laughs> yeah, it is. And we've talked about that. I mean, my thankfully, it's just like mixed nuts. But my grandparents have a mixed nuts right on top of their piano. And every time it's like I walk in and hi, give them a hug, give them a kiss. And then I'm like walking towards you know their living room and my I'm like what I'm not even hungry like this is just here I know it's here it's routine but oh that's hilarious oh yeah. my goodness it's funny like the patterns and the habits we get and yeah. what and I think what it, signals us in certain ways yeah something. exactly and that that's kind of where, what it goes back to I think that you know, my mom did a tremendous job. My dad did a tremendous job bringing up um, myself and my siblings. But I think about that stuff as like laying the groundwork right now too for for the kids. You know, if there's if if everything in our house they can have and it's healthy, like they know what a pro they know a protein, fat, and a carbohydrate. Well, they know what that is. You know, it's not mm-hmm. crackers and bread and cheese and you know they can kind of categorize and pick things out. Um, I just, I don't know. I think that it's beneficial to kind of grow up that way and, and know, look at food that way. It's still fun. Um, but it's not just a treat. What, you know, oh, this tastes, this tastes so good and it's so convenient. You know, it's a refrigerator they're opening at our house instead of a cupboard. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So I, I don't want to use this entire episode uh, talking about like meal prep because I know you have so many awesome things to talk about. And one of the things that you just said was picking your battles. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, something that we've talked about is just picking battles with your your own personal health and fitness goals, especially being a mother and having so many other obligations. So maybe you can just elaborate on that for us and kind of tell our audience where you're at. Yeah. 
So I guess, again, my, my kind of background was um, in college, I had gained the normal freshman 15. And then it was like sophomore year slum. And it was like maybe another 20. Um, and by the time, by the time, like it was my junior year summer, um, Nick and I, my now husband, we were dating and he played football at school and he was always doing strength and conditioning and stuff. And we had just kind of come back from, I think, visiting his family in Florida. And I just said, I'm ready to like lose weight and I need some help. And I just, we started like with the silly meal replacement shakes and I started journaling my food and, you know, I was running and running the straightaways on the track and walking the curves. And I just did that for an entire summer and I got results. I lost 30 pounds. Um, but I was tracking things like macaroni and cheese and a hot dog, you know, <laughs> it, so far from where I am today, but yeah. everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. And so that was kind of the initial um, onset of like, hey, I, I kind of want to see where I can take this. Um, and then we got married. And, um, and then when I got pregnant, it's like, you know, I want to be healthy and pregnant, but I still never, I became a mom, you know, I like took on another role. I never really got to spend the time on just me specifically. Um, but as my goals kind of changed, and, you know, I wanted to be, as a mom, healthy. I want to be around for my kids. I want to be around for my husband and um, active, really. I, I started working out instead of running on the track. Um, I was using just an empty barbell, like with 45 pounds and squatting it as many times as I could or um, <laughs> using dumbbells or a little pull-up bar that was hooked up, um, on our crown molding in our kitchen. You know, just just little things that then my girlfriend started doing P90X, and I thought, that's what I want to do. And husband kind of said, no, um, let me just train you again for a little while. <laughs> and that just ignited, like, another passion. Like, I, I can be good at something. I can actually change my body. And I learned to enjoy weights and not – I totally had the mindset of, like, oh, I don't want to look like a man, <laughs> you know, whereas now I do a body type, I'm like, I really want my shoulders to be rounded and have that bicep and the little teardrop over my kneecap, you know, now it, it's again, it's, it's a shift of focus. So, um, we obviously have the CrossFit gym and I've been doing CrossFit as uh, my workout for the last, uh, I don't know, four or five years. And, um, uh, this is my last year being in my 20s. So I kind of feel like, you know, my kiddos are getting ready to start kindergarten. And the other one, um, you know, not that she's self-sufficient. She's two, but she's not as high maintenance as, you know, a little infant. <laughs> and I just decided this year I kind of want to focus on me and my fitness goals. So uh, like I said, I kind of, I want to, I like the carved out female body. I think it's amazing. These CrossFit athletes, these women at the games, um, they look amazing to me. And it's a, it's a fitness and a performance goal. You know, it's not just for aesthetics. Um, so I think that it's helpful having that time to just like designate, which I've just kind of devoted. This is my last year being 20. I kind of want to greet 
my thirties with a bang and feel like I feel like investing it in myself is, is the way to spend it. Awesome. And it sounds like the perfect time to do that too. And, you know, I think going back to saying where you got to choose your battles at certain times and you, you know, you've done just that and that's really, really important. Um, I think that's a good message for your kids too, you know, for them to see you take care of yourself just like they're eventually going to have to take care of themselves and, you know, just be aware enough and in tune enough with what your needs are and what your goals are and, and be able to find a balance between achieving what you want, what's going to make you happy and still maintaining the rest of your life. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's it's true, too, to like it's the balancing act. So Nick and I always joke that everyone in our family, like myself him and our and our two little kids are like stubborn in our own way and selfish in our own way that you know we all have like big dreams big goals and they all take a lot of focus and i could as the female role as the motherly role take that on like a backpack and wear the weight of that and just feel like i need to manage everything and at times i do um, and finally, I, I think as I've gotten older, I always heard like, by the time you're 30, that's when everything matters. Like that's when you're seen as an adult and that's when your opinions matter. And I really just took that to heart. Like if that's when it matters, like I want to make my life matter every day, you know? And so I want to start making sure that I'm doing the things that I want to be doing for myself too. And not just worried about, you know, supporting everything that my husband does or everything that my kids need, that truly I'm a better mom and a better wife when I'm giving myself time to be me too. So. <laughs> so there. <laughs> so there. <laughs> it's my time. We're just yeah. all trying to be polite and not interject. And then there was just a silence. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, she's saying something so important. <laughs> I know I didn't want to I didn't want to interrupt but what you did say and I will uh you talked about the games and I wonder like your kids went to the games with you guys how, how do they how do they react to seeing this how do they react to seeing dad up there how do they react to seeing the athletes like what is that experience like for them and is there like red flags for you that you pick up on or like kind of give me an idea of what that is all about yeah so the I mean they see, they know that daddy's gone a lot. Like it's, I always say that he and I have the hardest jobs that people may not understand because it's like our kids get to see us, but yet like, like I work from home. So, you know, Jada really doesn't understand when I'm like doing work for my clients or working on a consultation or sending emails, you know, she, it looks like I'm present in the room, but really I'm working and it's, it's kind of the same for Nick. So I switched recently from saying daddy's at the gym to saying daddy's at work. And so they understand now that daddy works at the gym and that part of him working out is his job. Mm -hmm. So when we got to go to California, um, they were so excited to, you know, go on an airplane. And uh, when we got there, we went a couple days early. So that way we could really spend some time just everybody together relaxing in the pool, eating at some cool restaurants and get adjusted to the three hour time difference. Um, so that, that was fun. And then the, when the competition started, I mean, I was 
manhandling a double wide stroller amongst thousands of people <laughs> in the like the heat of the middle of the day. I mean, it was crazy intense, but they did phenomenal. Um, I think again, we've kind of been fortunate. You know, we our gym has been around for about four years, um, but I was training out of another gym um, after I had Jada. And she, I used to take her to the gym with me as a newborn, pretty much, just about six months. And she'd sit in her car seat. And then when she got older, she would sit in her stroller. So she's always been around dropping of the weights and, um, you know, maybe louder music and stuff. So they did really well in the environment. But as far as really understanding that that's their dad out there and what, like, what he's competing against and what like what title he could win if he did well, they don't understand that, you know? Um, I guess one of the heart wrenching moments was, uh, that happened while we were out there. She said, Jada said, uh, mommy, why does daddy work out all the time? Or why does daddy have to work out all the time? And Mm -hmm. it was one of those like, uh, dagger, you know? Yeah. I just chose to explain to her. I'm like, well, that's part of daddy's job. You know, and that's why we got to be out here in California was because of daddy's hard work. Like, this is what he has to do. And, I mean, she she loves it. She likes to spend time with him in the gym, just the two of them. And it was funny with it when, uh, I think it was day two, when they the games athletes had to do Murph, like with the weighted vest. And it was like, 130 degrees. I read about that. (laughs) Yes. It was super, it was super insane. But like I had reminded Nick, I was like, Hey, when you feel tired and you get weak, just remember your daughter thinks you're strong enough that you can lift up a car. (laughs) She she says that all the time. She's like, my daddy has such big muscles. I know he he could lift up a car if he needed to, you know? So I think they understand enough to their level. Mm-hmm. And do they show any interest of like wanting to do athletics and exercise at this point? Or is it just kind of like nothing that, you know, they're exhibiting at this point? Yeah. So I teach CrossFit kids two days a week and they run in sessions. So our summer session has been up for about a month now. And we're going to start the um, back to school sessions for the fall here in September. And of course, I take Jada with me and she'll participate. But it's really meant for the age seven to 12 and she, she will be six in January. Um, she's mm-hmm. in the past year, she would like dabble in it. You know, she'd do it for like half the time and then wander off. Um, but we always <laughs> joke, like she's built, like she could be athletic. And I mean, she's literally five and my mm-hmm. husband's like, I feel like she's got all the capability in the world and that one day she just may not even care about it. You know, it just doesn't right. interest her. It's totally true. <laughs> so that'll be, that'll be very interesting to see. But one thing that I think it has instilled in them is they're just like, they're confident little girls, even at their age, they're confident and kind of, I'm not so concerned. Like I said, Jada's starting kindergarten here soon in just about a week. You know, I'm not really con- too concerned about the influence of other kids and having her be in school five days a week. She's pretty independent because I, I think she gets that modeled from both mom and dad. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think it'll just be a, a good setting for her. 
Are you excited about, well, maybe even a little nervous or sad even about her now being at school for so long? I mean, you probably established such a routine and everything with her being around. Is there anything that's going to change when she goes back to school? Yeah, I think, school? I think a lot will change, actually. Part of um, what I had said to you guys earlier is that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty schedule-oriented, so I like to I like to be organized. And um, I've always been an AM person, so I wake up early, I go to the gym, and um, realistically, I mean, she's going to be in school um, from like 7.50 until 2 o'clock, um, but I have to we're out of district. So I'm taking her to school every morning and picking her up from school. So it'll, it'll take an adjustment. I definitely, I won't be at the 9am gym anymore. Cause I'll have, um, Atlee as well. And Atlee needs her nap by 11. So it's like being able to coordinate life. It's going to take some adjustments here within the next week. Once mm-hmm. we actually get the ball rolling. Um, but I, I suspect it'll be one of those, it's not going to be perfect again, you know, but we just kind of got to roll with it. Um, but I will now be working out in the evening time, like around 3.15, probably after I pick her up from school. Awesome. I like working out at that time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's actually my, my preference too is like yeah. between 1 and one and 3.30. Yeah. It's like my happy time. I used to be one of those people <laughs> that I couldn't imagine, like before I started car backloading, I couldn't imagine working out later on in the day because I was totally an AM trainer. And then when I started working in the afternoon, it literally took like a week and a half. And then like you couldn't force me to work out in the morning anymore. <laughs> so I think you're going to really like it. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll definitely take some adjustments because I, you know, right now my typical morning routine, um, well, Tuesdays and Thursdays are always different because I have to be up about 4.50 because I coach um, our morning sessions at the gym. Mm-hmm. But um I, I will still work out in between one of those classes. So typically I'm working out from 7.30 to 9 on those days. And then Monday, Wednesday, uh, and Friday, I would be in at 9. So it'll be a, it will be a complete adjustment. Um, one of the things will be like actually having a meal or several meals in me by the time I work out mm-hmm. before it's mm-hmm. just like now I just have coffee or something. Yeah. And you know what? You're going to like it because you're so strength oriented. You're going to be like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, you're our carb, sorry, our carb night, carb backloading expert that works with CrossFit athletes, specifically females within like the body IO scope is a little bit of your specialty. Um, And of course you have the specialty of like training or helping your husband, Nick, with his nutrition. But what I really want to take this opportunity to ask you uh, for our audience is, you know, with the women that come to your gym that want to start doing CrossFit, what do you feel like? I, I think most women that start working out, I, I'm going to assume that a lot of them are just, they're looking for body composition changes and they want to look for a motivated, you know, fun way to achieve that. So if they're attracted to CrossFit, that's what it's going to be. Where do you see these women struggling with their nutrition when they, you know, haven't really done much, much research yet? Like, what do you see typically day to day where people are just stuck in a rut or just chasing their tails? I think it may be a couple different things. Um, and I think it really is age specific, you know, like, are we talking, you know, 20 to 30, some, uh, 30 to 50, 50 to 60, you know, we've, we have all, we have women from all ages at the gym. 
Um, and so I'll start with like the older women. A lot of them, kind of like we talked about in the beginning with raising the kids without knowing like a specific breakfast, lunch, or dinner meal, what that looks like. I think um, some of these women have a, their mind set on, you know, you have to have, say, a glass of wine at the end or dessert or something at the mm-hmm. end of dinner. Um, that's the way they've spent years doing that. That's the way that, um, you know, they kind of have their fun. Um, so I think I, let's, let's say that age group, the, the older ladies, um, they, they cannot see at their stage in the game of how giving up their sandwiches or their lattes will benefit them. Like it's like stripping them of something. Mm. You know, so like a little stubborn and disbelief um, that, well, you're telling me that saturated fat is good when back in the day we weren't even supposed to eat eggs, you know, because the (laughs) cholesterol was too much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like the misinformation or the switching of what's a fad, what's not, you know, eat low fat, eat high fat. Um, Depending upon their age, I think a lot of times women just... They're scared to trust something new um, that goes against what they've always done, even if it's not been working for them, you mm-hmm. know? So I see that as an issue. And then um, a lot of times with the younger, like let's say college age, they're either under eating or overeating on the wrong foods, you know? So yep. they've developed some habits of like basically – I'm not joking. I had a food log one time from a client that listed 27 pieces of gum. And I messaged her and said, this must be an error, right? Like you must have just meant to put two, but you put a seven instead of hitting next or something. And she said, no, I actually had 27 pieces of gum. What? So my follow-up, yeah, my follow-up question was. It's like a pack and a half. Yeah. My follow-up question was why did you have that many pieces of gum? And she said, well, because I didn't like, I didn't want to eat food. Like I was trying not to eat, Oh, jeez. but on her food log, all that she had had that day was like two pieces of deli meat, Turkey, a string cheese and four almonds. It, they eat food. Like, she was so you, hungry. you know, <laughs> that was, that, um, that was eye opening. Um, and I mean, she's doing great now, but it was just, it was just getting through that, you know, it's not, it's not just eat to be skinny or, you know, people who are eating mm-hmm. fat aren't eating to get fat, you know, but it, depending upon like your knowledge on nutrition and um, your experience with trying different protocols, like, I think that's what sometimes people think. So under eating or overeating is a big one. Yeah. I think what you said about, you know, um, when people do experiments with different diets, they kind of hear what they want to hear. And I swear to God, the saying fat doesn't make you fat. People translate that to, I can eat as much fat as I want and I'm not going to get fat, which is so not the case. But, you know, and I discovered this a lot talking to women through assessments. I'm like, well, why are you eating that much fat? 
and they'll say, well, fat doesn't make you fat. And I'm like, well, that's completely <laughs> taken out of context. You know, if you're a 150 pound woman, and you're eating 300 grams of fat a day. Unfortunately, it probably is going to make you fat. <laughs> but it's amazing what you said, like people just hear what they want to hear and how twisted these mm -hmm. common phrases that we see as like headlines of articles and, and all these things, how it just gets, it really does get twisted into what that person wants to hear at that time. And I see that every mm -hmm. day. Um, but did you have another age group you wanted to talk about? Because I love the way that you're just like splitting this into like, you know, older women and then the younger yeah. women. And so I think there was a third one. So I just wanted yeah, to I make was sure to get that. Like really the, the age group that I'm getting ready to approach like 30 to forties, um, in the gym, you know, uh, or my girlfriends, I think we have a lot of roles at that time. And so stress is the biggest factor within that age group. So it's trying to manage a bunch of different things. And um, I always find it interesting that, you know, I talked about kind of wearing a backpack or wearing a hat of like all these responsibilities and all these different roles and people you have to take care of. Um, you know, if you hire a coach or, you know, someone to look at your or just a friend, like look at your nutrition and uh, what you're eating. It's like, it makes so much sense to want to trust the person and just dive in instead of questioning everything and just putting more stress on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's, that's the biggest fault in, in that is just taking care of so much and just like being interested in it and wanting a change. But in reality, you've lived you know, 30, 40 years that you're, there should be some sort of an easy fix. It shouldn't have to be hard work at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. What you said about, you know, having a coach or just having someone to help you accountable or tell you what you should be doing. I get that a lot when I screen assessments where women are just like, I just want to put my mind at ease that I'm doing things correctly, that I'm not you know, and that's really what our program is about, is to make sure that people aren't sabotaging um, their their possible progress because they've misinterpreted part of the literature of, you know, either carbonate mm -hmm. or carb backloading. That's really, you know, essentially what we're there to do and putting their mind at ease. And I think you're absolutely right with that age group. There's so much that they have to take care of where they're just like, I just need some reassurance that I'm doing this right. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not shooting myself in the foot. And I think that, you know, that's really worth it for a lot of people. Just that aspect of coaching, just having someone to say, mm -hmm. yep, you're on the right track. You don't need to stress about this. Right. A, sound, a soundboard is an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It absolutely Whether is. Whether that's just someone that you can rely on to bounce ideas off of or just, you know, vent if you need to even. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes just talking about how stressed you out, stressed out you are will make you feel better rather than just dwelling on all of the things that you, you know, should have done, could have done, haven't done yet, all of that and complicating it all. So we uh, are just about at a time for this episode. So can I end it off by asking Chelsea a question? Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know what your message is to women who are thinking about um, starting up CrossFit and, you know, taking control of their nutrition. I want to know what your message is to, to that group because it's not a group of women that I train very frequently, but, you know, we have a lot of listeners who are really passionate about CrossFit and, you know, they're around, you know, our age group too. Mm 
Yeah, I think, you know, my biggest message to uh, females specifically getting started in the CrossFit era of, you know, workouts and managing your nutrition, it's probably just to embrace it slowly. You know, it's there's so much information that will come at you, um, different uh types of diets, I guess, um, will be discussed amongst clients in the gym. And, um, it's a, it's a fun time. Yes. There's a great community within the CrossFit community. Um, but I think my biggest message is just to take it slow and, um, learn the right movements, do the movements properly and eat for health and performance. And I think, um, you know, tracking is a really good uh, way of doing that so you can actually gauge and know how much it is you're eating currently. So when you do get um, further along in CrossFit and you start to set performance goals, we have something to look at. Um, you know, how much amount of protein, how much amount of carbs, how much amount of fat, like what is what is your daily nutrition look like right now in order for us to change it? So I, I think that's important is just listening to the cues of your body uh, paying attention to what you're feeding yourself and giving yourself plenty of time to reach your goals, manage your sleep, and stretch. <laughs> <laughs> stretch. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think those are all really important messages. And uh, I like the fact that you said just take it slowly because I just feel that so many people, when they finally make that decision that they're going to put that energy into themselves, it's like a race. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, a big mistake just, you know, racing out of the gate like that is just not something I ever recommend. So I'm glad to hear you say that too. Yeah, so, it's, it's fun to attack our goals, but, you know, it's easy. You start, you go out too fast, you get tired, and then you want to move on to something else. So I think, I think there's mm -hmm. a lot to, a lot of positive change um, in physique and overall health. Uh, with CrossFit and with, you know, nutrition that it's just give yourself the time for those results to come and, you know, don't give up on yourself by going out too hard. Awesome. Cool. Is there anything else Good you message. want to add, Alex Navarro? I think, no, I think she covered everything. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks again, Chelsea, for being a guest on Her Body. I'm sure all our uh, female CrossFit community is super stoked to hear from you, and we'll hopefully have you on the show sometime soon. We'll have you on again, maybe on a totally different topic. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you. You've been listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengle. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.